I'm Cameron DeVazier. And I'm Mark Howard. And this is Talking Points. We are in our quarter, Making Friends for God. Our lesson is number 11, Sharing the Story of Jesus. Mm. Now, that seems pretty straightforward. That's what we're supposed to do as Christian witnesses, right? Share the story of Jesus? And it is a little bit of a revisiting of lesson number two. Is it now? Where we talked about giving our personal testimony. This one gets a little bit more practical, as we're going to see. Okay. So we're going to be looking at several important points here. But before we do that, let's uh, start with a word of prayer, having some introductory thoughts, then break down our three key points. Can we do that? All right. Let's start with a word of prayer. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the privilege of knowing you and having your word to learn more about you as our life continues. And more than just self-edification, Lord, we want to learn how to effectively share this truth with others. So bless our study time today as we prepare for Sabbath school. Help us to be each one the witnesses you've called us to be. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I thought for the introduction for this one, actually, Sabbath afternoon is a good introduction. Okay. And so let's just read through that. A couple points in here to draw out. Um, it says, as stated in an earlier lesson, so we've mentioned lesson number two. That's right. Nothing argues more eloquently for the power of the gospel than a changed life. People may argue with your theology. They may debate about doctrines. They may call into question your understanding of the scriptures. But they will rarely question your personal testimony of what Jesus means to you and has done in your life. Witnessing is sharing what we know about Jesus. It is letting others know what he means to us and what he's done for us. If our witness consists solely of trying to prove that, uh, that what we believe is right and that what others believe is wrong, we will meet <laughs> with strong opposition. If our witness about Jesus comes from a heart that has been transformed by his grace, charmed by his love, and amazed at his truth, Others will be impressed how the truth we believe has impacted our lives. Truth presented in the context of a changed life makes all the difference. And I think Mm. that last sentence there is very important because a lot of what we've talked about, a lot of this introduction, and I'm not knocking it, but I, I, when it talks about you sharing your testimony, there are Buddhists who have testimonies. Mm. There are Taoists who have testimonies. There are... Uh, People of, uh, for example, in fact, if you've ever studied with somebody who is a member of the Church of Jesus Christ, yeah, it's all about their testimony. Yeah, and more than that, or maybe not more than that, but if you're studying Bible truth and you come to a place where they don't have an answer, they will fall back on something that they refer to as the burning Burning in in the the bosom. bosom. And the burning in the bosom is they say, "Well, I just just pray this prayer and ask the Lord if." If Joseph Smith was a true prophet, and if you get this burning in the bosom, which is basically some kind of feeling, feeling. Yep. and it's subjective because there's no descriptive... <laughs> yeah. In other words, did you feel it? And yeah. all a person has, yeah, I think I did. Well, then you got it. Then you got it. And yep. so I, I, I shy away a little bit to say, well, you know, you just share your testimony as long as you feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. So I like the fact that it brings in that it's not just a feeling, but it's, it, it's sharing truth in the context of a changed life. Yes. A life that has come in contact with Jesus and the fact that your contact with Jesus has impacted your life. I think that's an excellent right. point. Right. So you haven't just felt something about it, but you've actually seen the results of it in your life. It's tangible. That's right. And, uh, well, let's get into our main points and we're kind of, I don't want to segue too far into Well, that. let me finish. That last oh, sentence okay. says, yeah. when Christ is the center of every doctrine... 
and each biblical teaching reflects his character, those we are sharing the scriptures with are much more likely to accept his word. I won't sure. take the time right now, but some people read this to, in today's church as Christ is the subject of every doctrine. Mm. And, yeah. and, or the con, you know, it, it, rather than the, than the context or the, the center. center of. Right. And so I've had people who, you know, it's like any uh, doctrine you study basically ends up being a gospel presentation. And I know somebody says, well, what's wrong with that? Well, not nothing inherently unless you never get around to the doctrine, which some of them, right. I've had people come away from a state of the dead saying, oh, that's a great gospel presentation. You know what happens when people die? Not really. Mm. So you, the truth has to be clear right? in the context of uh, Christ being the center. Absolutely. But we're talking about sharing the story of Jesus. Right. And let's go through, again, overview the three takeaway points, the three yes. talking points for this week, and then we'll go back through and do a little deep dive into each one of them. Okay? So our three takeaway points are we need to tell what we have seen and heard. Okay. okay. There's got to be the person. We're going to talk about that. We need, we need to tell what we have seen and heard. Uh, point number one. Number two, we need to accentuate the positive. Yes. And we're, when we talk about giving our testimony. And then Because finally, is it impossible to share your testimony and everything be true and it still not be winsome? That's <laughs> we'll exactly get into it. right. Yeah. And then uh, number three, practically how to share your testimony. Okay. How you can share your testimony. And uh, point number one I drew from Monday and Wednesday's lessons telling what we have seen and heard. Okay. Number two, accentuating the positive. Drew most of that from Thursday's lesson. And then um, how we can share our testimony. Drew mostly from Sunday's lesson. And yeah. honestly, in this quarterly, um, Tuesday's lesson talked about the demoniacs. We went over this whole thing in lesson number two, and I just felt like a little repetitive. over it again. Yeah. It was a little repetitive. It's a great story, but I wanted to get to these other key points. So. Okay. So let's go back to number one then. What we have seen and heard. That's what yes. we are to share. And just a couple texts. I've got a few listed here, but just two I want to look at. First with Jesus and then with us. Jesus, speaking of Jesus in John 3.32, the Bible tells us, uh, and John the Baptist is speaking here, it says, And what he, speaking of Jesus, has seen and heard, that he testifies. And no one receives his testimony. So Jesus himself only spoke of what he himself had experienced. Mm -hmm. And then when we come to Acts 22 and verse 15... And there are other verses that could be used for this, but these are the ones that I, I drew out. Uh, Acts 22, verse 15. Oh, do you have it there? I do. Why don't you read that? It says, For you will be his witnesses to all men of what you have seen and heard. Again, okay. that's the same phrasing as before, what you have seen and heard, right? And the point being, it's you, how can you convey the blessing of knowing Jesus if you don't know Jesus? Hmm. Well, I want to tell you about this great person. I, well, I personally never met him. I don't, you know, I mean, yeah, it would certainly undercut your witness for sure. That's exactly right. Um, so, when we're giving our testimony, there's an important. This is a, a key part. Um, Desire of Ages, page three forty, says, "As witnesses for Christ, we are to tell what we know, what we ourselves have seen and heard and felt. If we have been following Jesus step by step, we shall have something right to the point to tell concerning the way which he has led us. We're going to come back to that a little bit later on in the lesson. We can tell how we have tested his promise and found his promise true. We can bear witness to what we have known of the grace of Christ. This is the witness for which our Lord calls and for want of which the world is perishing. So again, it's what we have, have known, seen, heard, and felt. Well, and I think that we, we had talked about this uh, as we were making preparations for this study. 
and I don't know if this is the right time to, to bring this up, but when we talk about sharing what we've seen and we're sharing our testimony, mm-hmm. many people kind of equate that with sharing your conversion story, which to be clear, we should all, if we are converted, have a conversion story. Yeah. So there should be, but that doesn't mean that every time we talk to people, we have to say, let me tell you what I was in 1986. Right. And then it'd be... That's coming up. Right. Okay. But but in this statement that says... Mm-hmm. We should have something right to the point to say, that we should have yes. something uh, fresh and vibrant to say right. about an ongoing relationship with Jesus. Anyway, we'll come right. back to that. We're going to come back to that. So a couple of the ideas on seen and heard, I, I think of, you know, Bible examples in uh, when, when Philip went to Nathaniel, mm-hmm. right? And what did he say? You know, come and come see, and see <laughs> right? I've experienced something. I want you to experience this. Come and see. What did the woman at the well say when she went back to the people of her village? Come and see a man yes. who told me all the things I ever did. You, you have the blind man who was... Healed, blind, blind from birth in John chapter 9. And they kept pressing him with questions. And he said, there's only one, one thing, thing I know. know. I was blind and now I see. So the guy wasn't telling what he didn't know. He was telling the one thing he did know, that Jesus healed him. Amen. Jesus gave him that. And so that, that was the power of his testimony. And I thought one thing that was interesting is that if you read the story in John 9, that mm-hmm. blind man was so changed by Christ People weren't even sure he was the same guy. It's like, wasn't that the guy who was blind? And, and others said, well, he kind of looks like him. And others said, no, he's not the same guy. So, <laughs> yeah. But that, that in fact, um, makes me think of Monday's lesson, paragraph 5. It makes this point. The greatest testimony of, a Christ, of Christianity is a changed life. Mm-hmm. And when you're giving your testimony, that's what you're doing. You're testifying not just with your words, but with your life. Of the power of Christ. Well, it kind of goes back but to what we talked about. But if you haven't had him change your life, you right. can't testify that. What we kind of talked about last week where like, witnessing isn't a switch, you turn it on and off. But that That's changed right. life is a, is a constant uh, a declaration and representation of the God who changed you. That's right. Now, a piece of this is I pick up on Wednesday's lesson, at least for, for me, this fell in the same category. And that is testifying with assurance. And, and the lesson brought up a few passages. I'm going to look at some other ones. But it talked about how, in fact, the very first sentence on Wednesday's lesson says, if we do not have the personal assurance of salvation in Jesus, it is not possible to share it with somebody else. And that's true. The, the concern I have with that is I know a lot of Seventh-day Adventist Christians who have, who have wrestled with salvation and assurance of salvation. I also know other Seventh-day Adventists that are very confident in their assurance of salvation that shouldn't mm-hmm. have an ounce of assurance. Mm. And I, and I hate to say that and say, what kind of, how can you be a judge of somebody else? But uh, by their fruits, you shall know them. And I'm just telling mm. you that there are some people, uh, because they base assurance on how they feel. Right. And assurance biblically, you'll not find that. And that's why some people struggle because they don't have the right feeling. Mm. And in fact, Ellen White says that the closer we come to Jesus. The more we see our faults. And, yeah, exactly. That's right. So some people are like, I just feel like I'm so close to Jesus. Well, Elmer says that that's an evidence that you're far from Jesus. Mm. So assurance, when we look at assurance biblically, a couple verses I have are 2 Timothy 1.12, where the Apostle Paul says, I know in whom I have believed. Mm -hmm. He doesn't say anything about how he feels. The man is getting ready to be beheaded. Mm -hmm. It's his final letter. So he can't be feeling like, oh, I'm just feeling great as far as, you know, human Mm -hmm. circumstance. But I know in whom I have believed. Mm -hmm. His confidence was in 
who Jesus was. His eyes were on Jesus, not on how he felt. Right. Uh, he says the same, something similar in Philippians 1, 6, being confident of this very thing that he who started a good work in us, who has begun a good work in us, will complete it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Right. Again, the confidence, our assurance comes from believing what God has said right. to us, yes. that I've forgiven you, that I will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And the reason a lot of people wrestle with assurance is because they don't believe God. Well, I've heard a pastor talk about it this way. When someone expressed their doubts and they didn't feel assured, yes. didn't feel confident, they said, well, did you read the passage where it says that if you confess your sins, he's yes. faithful and just? And they said, did you confess your sins? Yes. Well, then it didn't say you will feel it. He said it, it right. is fact. So regardless of how you feel, the real question of faith is do you believe what it says regardless of what you've feel it might say. I'm trying to remember if it's in Steps to Christ or Thoughts from the, no, 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 uh, Ministry of Healing or maybe both where Ellen White talks about the man by the pool of Bethesda. But in that context, she says, don't believe it because you feel it. That's right. It is not so because you believe, but because you feel it, it's so because he said it. That's right. You know, believe it and it becomes a right. fact. The, the power is in his word. That's right. And so if he says something, we should so just So it's take a it. good point that when we're, when we're testifying, obviously we can't convey an assurance we don't have. But I just want to tell mm -hmm. you that there's no reason that you shouldn't have assurance in Jesus because of the promises in his word. Amen. It's not about how you feel. It's not about how well you think you're doing. It's about the promise he's given you to save you, to finish the work he started. He's the author and finisher of your faith. Amen. And those promises are what our assurance is based on. Amen. All right, let's talk about treasure in heaven. How do we accentuate, well, accentuate the positive? The positive yes. Yeah, because is it possible to tell the truth about your personal testimony, your conversion, your experience with Christ, and it still not be winsome to people, not because it was untrue, but because it accentuated the wrong elements. <laughs> Can we tell our testimony well, wrong? The lesson on Thursday, second paragraph, makes this point. It says, powerful testimonies that have a life-changing impact on others focus on what Christ has done for us, not what we have given up for him. Mm. They center on his sacrifice, not on our so-called sacrifices. Now, that's not to say that you don't talk about some of those changes, but there are many testimonies that are like, well, when I came to Christ, I had to stop this, and I had to stop drinking, you know, I had to stop drinking and smoking, and mm. there's music I listened to, and girls I hanged out with, hung out with, and everything. And when you're talking to a person who's not made that decision yet, and they're, they're, your whole pitch is, well, basically, you're going to have to give up this and this and this. <laughs> it's going to be miserable, but... Somewhere down the road, you'll have eternal life. That's Mercy. Well, I was thinking back because we did kind of skip over the, the Boniac story, but the pig herders in that yes. story, the Bible says they went and they told everything that happened, yeah. including, you read it in Matthew's account, I believe, it says, including what had happened to the demon-possessed men. That, and Mrs. White picks up on that nuance. She says, to them, the loss of the pigs was more significant or a, a greater moment than the re restoration of the men. So they went and told everybody, our pigs are gone, the pigs are dead, the, and this is the man who did it. Oh, yeah, and the demon guys are new. Yeah. Anyway, but the pigs are... And, they, and, the, and the Bible says the whole town came out and begged Jesus to they leave. Go. Whereas yeah. the woman at the well, she went and told her story, and the whole town came and begged him to stay. That's right. So they both went and told their stories, but the spin they put on it... Uh, was a whole different thing, and it changed exactly how people right. listen to the testimony. So we need to be careful that we accentuate the positive, that life with Christ is better. That's right. <laughs> well, one thing that makes me think of is Elder Finley, I wish he'd brought it up in this lesson. I've heard him bring it up before, but the story of the rich young ruler, mm. as an example, um, you know, when Jesus talked to the rich young ruler, he told him, go sell. Of course, you have the whole account, and then what, what do I lack yet? 
And mm-hmm. Jesus said to him, go sell what you have. And I've taught this, and I'm not giving, the, giving it away just yet, but I've taught this, um, I don't know how many times I've done this, in whole groups of people, and, and it's always the same. I asked the question, Jesus said, go sell what you have and give to the poor, and, and I le- look to the people to finish, and they always finish this way. I mean, 99 times out of 100, they finish this way, and come follow me. But that's not how the passage goes. Mm. He says, go sell all you have and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. Mm. And that is such a huge difference when in the context of what we're talking about, that's what he's doing. He's accentuating, yes, there is going to be sacrifice involved, sure. but the, the, the reward you're going to get is infinitely better in this life what did he say when Peter said, Look, you know, we've forsaken all, we've left all. In fact, what are we going to get from it? Yeah. What are you going to get? A hundredfold in, in this, this life, life and in the life to come eternal right. life. So, so accentuating we, yeah. the positive, Jesus did that in his ministry. You want to maximize the benefits that you find in Christ. You don't want to make it sound like, well, it's terrible, but you will get heaven. Well, and especially as Seventh Adventists who hold to high biblical standards of yes. lifestyle, so if you can say, well, look, here's the deal. Yeah, you don't smoke, you don't drink, you don't do this, you don't do this, and everything. But we do have eternal life to come, as if to right. say, like, I'll grant you this life's going to be terrible. But on the other if side we of can that, grind it out. Exactly, we'll get whatever. through this thing. Hopefully, but, <laughs> we'll die early in an accident, and then like, we'll have but, heaven. But Mrs. White brings up the point, and I think this is Steps of Christ, page yes. forty-six. She's asked rhetorically, "But what do we give up when we give all? A sin-polluted heart for Jesus to purify, to cleanse by His own blood, and to save by His matchless love." And yet men think it, a hard, think it hard to give up all. I am ashamed to hear it spoken of, ashamed to write it. God does not require us to give up anything that is for our best interest to retain. What an excellent statement. And, and if you were to read the context of that statement, I would urge you to go home and read it. She talks about how God knows what makes us happy. Yes. He has our highest joy in his mind, and he wants to give to us those things that we can only enjoy in obedience that we could never find That's in disobedience. Right. So it's much better to be a Christian even now. That's right. <laughs> and, and that just that sentiment is just echoing Psalm 8411, where the Lord, where uh, mm-hmm. David says that no good thing will God withhold from those who walk uprightly. Mm. God isn't trying to withhold good things from us. The only thing he, he wants to withhold from us are things he knows are hurting us. Right. And so, and honestly, you know, being able to share that, and this goes into, uh, in a moment, just sharing our testimony, um, the basics of sharing our testimony, being able to share what a blessing it is yes. to have given up smoking and drinking. And the, <laughs> yeah, whatever I mean, the things are. You know, I had all these things in my life, and I praise God, you know, especially <laughs> when I encounter people my age. Who haven't Because made I became change. a Christian you know, 25 years ago. And so when I see people haven't made that change and what, I mean, the effects, you just talk about alcohol and it's not just, there's physical effects, there are effects in the marriage, the effects on the kids, mm-hmm. just that alone. Oh, what a, uh, what a blessing. And I've thought this before, you know, what would happen if the Lord came to me today and said, you know, you're, you're not going to make it to heaven. You're mm-hmm. lost. How would I live? There's no better way to live than the way the Lord said to live, even, even if you're without be the lost. eternal right. reward. Yeah. Why would I be? Why would I choose to be miserable in the last <laughs> few days that I have? Yeah. You know. Well, I don't know if you've ever heard the testimony of C.D. Brooks when he talked about going back to his, I think it was 50th high school reunion oh. or something like that, and he said, "I looked around at all these people, and he said they looked terrible," <laughs> <laughs> and he said, "I realized that I'd had, you know, seven years of Sabbath rest that they didn't have, and I had had the, right. and so even in this life, 
there's benefit oh. to the principles of godly living. But beyond that, we have eternity to boot. I mean, how much better can the news get? I'm coming up on 54 in, <laughs> in just about a week or so. Oh, my goodness. And I'm telling you, I've met other 54-year-olds that just aren't. And obviously, there are genetic things. And I'm not trying mm -hmm. to be. But the Adventist lifestyle has been an <laughs> exceptional boon for yes. me. And I mean, Praise the part, Lord. Of, part of what C.D. Brooks was talking to there. So, yeah. Uh, accentuate the positive. Yeah. Be like, oh, I was, well, I gave up all this stuff. And <laughs> that that makes a huge difference in your testimony. It does. Now let's move into point three. More practically, how can we accentuate the positive is kind of a general thing, the principle we need to keep in mind. Yes. But what are some practical ways we can share our testimony more effectively? Well, there's a there's a general flow of, in fact, the, the lesson brought up some of this on Sunday, but I added some in. And what I'm, what I'm sharing here is really pretty typical basic building blocks of testimony. If you're going to give your personal testimony, and, and when we talk about that initially, it's that how you came to Christ, how you accepted Christ's testimony. Mm -hmm. One of the reasons for sharing the personal testimony, and don't miss this, is because a person who's never come to Christ doesn't know how to come to Christ. Mm. And your testimony, more than a sermon, more than half the Bible studies they're going to get or anything else, helps them to know what steps they need to take to come to Jesus. Mm. And so your key components in a personal testimony are four, uh, as I'm going to share them here. First, your life before Christ or without Christ. And, you know, just, and don't glamorize sin. Don't go mm -hmm. over, don't make this the bulk of the testimony, but it does give the context. Yeah, it's a good you starting know, point. Some, Many people think that a person who's a Christian is a Christian because they were just disposed to being a Christian. So mm -hmm. they're surprised to find out what you didn't always you live like chose a Christian. Into this? And you, yeah. yeah. And and to know that you had the kind of struggles maybe with things that they're struggling mm -hmm. with. So your life before you came to Christ and then how you came to Christ. What what was it that led you to Christ? What awakened your conscience? What steps did you take? And Make this plain and simple, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. knowing that a person is listening because they want to know what steps they need to take. What were the steps you took to come to Jesus? Um, and then point number three, what, how has your life been once you accepted Jesus? And this is where especially you want to accentuate the positive about that your new life in Christ and how life has been since you've come to Jesus. And then there's a piece that's often left out of this that I and, and I urge you to keep it in, and that is always have some little appeal. Mm. Uh, and what I mean by that is just something that communicates that, you know, what Jesus has done for me, he'll do the same for you. Because a lot of people without Christ are tempted to think that, uh, and, and, and the devil works hard at this, that God, Christ doesn't want them, that they're too far gone, that they've done too it. And so it's important for them to understand that what Jesus did for me, he's more than willing to do for you. Mm -hmm. uh, that may sound almost uh, redundant or obvious or whatever to you, but that little, just those few words that I just spoke can mean all the difference when you're sharing your testimony with somebody mm -hmm. else. You know, and looking at this, I think typically people would look at two of those four and say, like, here's my life before Christ and here's my life after Christ. But yeah. the two things that you hit on there that I don't think are often really highlighted, like point number two, how you came to Christ, that yes. that our testimony well, should be... Well, and the lesson be, didn't even, this quarterly didn't even bring that out. Right, but that's why we're drawing it out here because I've never really considered the idea... But I've heard the, the contributor idea, of this quarterly make that point. Exactly, so this was not a new thing <laughs> you've just invented, but the idea of your testimony can be more than just inspirational, it can be instructional. That's right. Like, because great... 
it's great that it happened for you, but how can I have that for myself? That's right. And to walk them through, well, I got an invitation, I read this thing, and it started to, con and how I prayed for the first hour, whatever the thing was, those mm -hmm. nuts and bolts, which m we might find kind of like, you know, the grit underneath it, to many yes. people are going to be very, very helpful. And then, of course, that appeal, just that simple drawing them to it, um, is, in is incredibly important and powerful. That's right. And then now we're going back to something you brought up at the beginning of this, and that is that personal testimonies aren't always limited to conversion stories. That's right. Uh, a conversion story has a function, but that's not the only kind of testimony you can tell. Right. And the testimony, again, testifying is just seeing back, back to the what we started the lesson with, what you have seen and heard. And it doesn't have to be what you saw and heard when you started your walk with Christ way back right. then. Hopefully, you're Hopefully still we have exactly we have still an ongoing, growing, dynamic relationship with Jesus. So it will have ups and downs and experiences and things you could share right. that might have happened and, just and today we read or this the quote, week. Desire of Ages three forty says, "If we've been following Jesus step by step, we shall have something right to the point to tell concerning the way which He has led us." We've read right. That so His we? continuous continued leading in our life is just as much a part of our right. testimony as it was what right. happened twenty years ago. Has Christ not done anything for you in twenty years? That's you know, right. I mean, right. And so this is. I mean, from, from, from helping you find your car keys, from uh, a, a struggle you've been having with your teenager, any kind of thing that the Lord or has... Or even at your local church when you had the opportunity to share how the Lord has worked through you to yes. reach other people. That's yes. a testimony of His power in your life. So we must not negate those daily experiences because they have a power to convert right. as well. And, and what those experience do, experiences do when you share them is it makes Jesus real to people. Mm. Like, wow, you mean... There, he's still doing things in your life. Like it's not just you read a book, you know, the Bible, this dusty old book, and you just believe something. There are things happening in your life. It just has a powerful effect on people. All right, so let's close with some practical counsel. What should people do if they want to uh, make I their would, sharing more effective? I would encourage, you know, a lot of people have never really processed through their testimony. And if you were asked on the spot, you'd say, well, I, don't, I don't know what to say. I want you to think through. In fact, I'm giving you an assignment. Mm. Write out your testimony, these four steps, your life before Christ, how you came to Christ, your life with Christ, and an appeal. Write out little things that he's done for your life, in your life throughout. But this how you came to Christ testimony, this is something you ought to be able to share in two or three minutes, or even less. But you're not going to do that off the cuff. But if you practice, if you write it out, mm -hmm. if you rehearse it periodically, It'll be fresh in your mind, and the Lord will be able to use that to share with somebody else in just a moment and be a powerful mm -hmm. way to lead them to finding the same joy that you found in Jesus. So it's not necessarily about writing and rehearsing a set script of words, right. but it's about familiarizing yourself and keeping fresh that right. walk with I'm Christ. I'm not saying enough. memorize it, right. but just rehearsing it, you know, keeps you, if you've never thought through it, Oh, what would I say? But once you've thought through it, you can kind of ad-lib it mm -hmm. because you've been through the basic framework and you can do it in a concise way. Well, friends, I hope that we've uh, drawn out some very important lessons here about how we can share the story of Jesus. And it's not just from the Bible what happened 2,000 years ago, even in the lives what happened 10 years ago, 20 years ago. But hopefully we all have that dynamic, growing, active relationship with Jesus that will have Amen. something right to the point to say concerning how he has led us. So it is our prayer that you are blessed by this. And we will pray as we close that all of us will be the missionaries Jesus has asked us to be. So let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, thank you again for the opportunity to study together. Please bless the results of this work. Help each one of us to be the witnesses that you've called for us to be, effective in our sharing of our faith, so that souls may be one, and by your grace, Jesus, 
coming will be hastened. For we pray it in Jesus.